Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 111 of A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. Keeping it booge. Keeping it binfluencer. Uh, lots going on. Lots going down. How are you guys doing? How are you... How are you bearing up in this national time, this national period of mourning? Um, if this is your first time listening, this is a, a twice-weekly podcast examining, uh, what, a uh, 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 cheeky bit of politics? Uh, perhaps a, a tinkerish tap-in to the uh, royal news and gossip, given the week. And, uh, and... And broadly speaking, uh, this this dystopian fucking nightmare uh, we now find ourselves living in. Uh, please do say hey on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and indeed Patreon. Uh, I'm on all of them uh, as at Aid Thompson. That's A-I-D uh, Thompson with an I-N on the end uh, on all of those. Uh, or you can visit the website Funk27 to catch up on older episodes with guests like uh, Otto English, Super Tansky, uh, Dane Baptiste, and uh, and a bunch of satirical and snarky blogs and guest pieces uh, published on there also. Uh, and then last thing, before we jump in proper to this, uh, this episode, um, please do consider supporting the podcast by joining my cult on Patreon. Uh, more on that and um, what you get out of it at the end of this episode. Um, so, yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 111 of the podcast. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff that's happened in the last 24 hours that's just, you know, fucking weird. Uh, so weird, even by my standards. And I'm someone who's, like, run on weird for 41 years, you know? Like, if I call something weird... <laughs> I feel like people would go, damn, he thinks it's weird. <laughs> well, it, it must be proper sunshine bus out to lunch, loony bin territory then, you know. Um, but big stories that are coming out of, you know, arguably the biggest story in the last, what, five years, decade, maybe, you know, maybe longer. Um, and that is... I don't know what, uh, Harry Styles spit on uh, Chris Pine? No, the Queen has died. The Queen has passed away. Uh, she's very much dead, in case you hadn't heard. Uh, it's been on a couple of news channels, all channels, in fact. It's been on literally every channel and blanketed news coverage in the UK for about a week now. Uh, the great British free press, who frothed about having to be free to hold power to account seemingly quite happy to be muzzled for a week now uh to give buckingham palace pr free reign for one of want of a better word um over their output turn every newsstand into your nan's coffee table <laughs> that's basically what's happened you know when your nan used to have a coffee table with like magazines and newspapers on it everything well what kate thinks about this and uh, the Queen's final wishes over here, and then over here it's is Charles up to the job, and then over in this part, like what what does this mean for Andrew? Just a sea of gossipy royal news that you know in any other period would be confined to page five of the Express or the fucking push notifs on your sister-in-law's Android. You know, gone is the cost of living crisis. 
gone is Ukraine and geopolitical instability and climate change and droughts all wiped out in a tsunami of yeti images of sad royals and archive photos of Balmoral and Windsor and just gone, you know? <laughs> British press just willfully muzzled right now, you know? It's a bit like, um, you know, you imagine them saying, we, look, we're journalists. Please don't regulate us. We need to be free to hold power to account. And then someone going like, okay, cool. So do, do you want to report some news then this week? You know, I bet the Tories are using this to cover up for something shady. No, 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 it's cool. No, this is what the people want. I'm pretty sure, you know, this is going to be a ratings hit wall-to-wall royal coverage, which, as I said on the last episode, ridiculous. You know, this idea that this is what people want to be watching or reading about. Like, anecdotally, I don't know anyone who thinks this level of coverage, this hysteria, you know, hospital appointments being cancelled and the media obsession, other people's funerals being shelved out of respect of the Queen's funeral, you know. And the cost and the expense of it all, the hysteria, the whole thing is disproportionate. I don't know anyone that would disagree with that, you know? Like, people think genu genuinely and generally that this is too much. That's what people think that I've spoken to in my safe cocoon echo chamber, admittedly. Um... I mean, even my parents, who are, you know, broadly conservative with a small c even they say this is ridiculous <laughs> but that's anecdotally right and then nationally stats wise though you know it's kind of the same like when the coverage on prince philip blanketed everything the viewership of the bbc and the itv channels tanked by 60 percent and i know i touched this on the last episode i know but it's worth mentioning again with the hysteria that we've now exploded into. 60% of people just switched off. So no one is watching this stuff. Like, who is this for? <laughs> this blanket coverage. Can you imagine the sales guys in ITV's advertising teams, you know, who have to sell the ad spots? Can you imagine what kind of emotional sinkhole they would have fallen into? Like, imagine being told constantly that ITV are no longer the advertising destination of choice. We can't rest on our laurels, guys, because we, we now have commercial advertising competition. You know, the internet, there's push notifications, there's banner ads on websites, there's Channel 4, there's Channel 5, there's Talk TV, and then there's influencer marketing and shit. Just sell what you can, lads. Just really go for it. We have to make target this quarter. It's a battlefield out there. But just really go for it. Imagine hearing that on the 1st of September. And then the comms come in that she's passed away. Like, yeah, no, we're, um, we're, we're blanketing our outputs. So no Love Island, no Ross Kemp on gangs, what Katie did next. No three-part murder dramas. ITV is just sad royal faces, guys.
Like, if you heard that and you were the advertising tip, wouldn't you be like, what the fuck are people going to be watching? Then instead, like, can we still sell advertising in this? Or, you know, the director of fucking commercial activity or whatever is like, no, no, no one's going to watch it. Most people are going to switch off. We're not even sure we're going to put ad breaks in, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be like TV wise, ratings wise, the, the Bible preacher channels are expecting big finger, uh, figures that day. That's where you need to set your expectations, sales team. Bible preacher channels. People are going to switch off this shit and go and watch that. Big week for religious TV and QVC. <laughs> Big week for the shopping channels. You'd just be sat sobbing inconsolably, wouldn't you? How the fuck am I going to hit target when you're purposefully fucking our profit for no one's benefit nobody's gonna watch this nobody's who's benefit who is this for just crying cancelling your conservatory order <laughs> colleagues would walk past they'd be like oh are you crying because of the queen because the queen died you'd be like um sort of <laughs> honestly across across the itv stack right so it's not just itv it's itv ITV2, ITVB, ITV this, ITV2 plus one, or whatever. Like the whole shit is going to broadcast the funeral and, and so on. It is utterly batshit. Like, do they really think? Think about like what ITVB offers. Do they really think that Sally that works in Accessorize and wants to watch Love Island Extra or who wants to marry a Labrador or, you know, do they really think this person is like, yep, yeah, I, you know, this is what I'm interested in. I'll I'll stick around for this shit. No! <laughs> this is, this is going to be a ratings winner, guys. Really think this is what people want. Apart from anything else, don't people just, for this kind of stuff, for, the, for this type of content, people turn to the BBC, don't they? Everyone slags the Beeb off, but when it's a royal wedding or a royal funeral or Wimbledon or the World Cup, People kind of turn to the BBC for that, I think. Anyway, what else is going on, right? Yesterday, yesterday I got my first negative comment on on a TikTok for a while. And it was quite funny. It's just like a short, curt review of a royal-related TikTok. And it was... <laughs> it was just, as I say, curt. Just this person just comment like, Mate unfollowed i was like wow <laughs> that was that was brief and straight to the point and if it had been from someone that i'd interacted with or you know built up a comment history with you know traded conversation with i might have been a bit like oh you know if it had been someone who was involved in the patreon cult the binfluencer cult i might have cared you know because then they've got skin in the game you know, they're contributing to it. They're part of this. They get a say to some extent. But it was an account that I didn't recognize. You know, I didn't, I don't recall ever interacting with this person. And when I clicked on their profile, like they're following like 2,800 fucking people, which is a lot. That is a lot. I think if you follow over like two or 300 people on something, I think you're like, you know, you follow anyone, basically. 
So it's like, were they ever really following me in the first place? Like, can you follow... Can you respect someone's follow much when they're following so many people? You know, when they're following around a bit, you know, putting it about. Like, it's hard to feel like that one special guy when you're giving your follow to everyone out there, is what I'm saying. 2,800 people, and I'm supposed to be like, no, no, don't go, like, we've, we had something special. Me and the other 1,799 people. I mean, I get it, by the way, like, the video was a bit, the video was a bit on the nose, it was a bit, a bit hard, I think. Like, the beginning of it was, uh, it was me reading a newsy tweet. Somebody tweeted yesterday, and their tweet said this. And then I'll tell you what I said afterwards. Their tweet said, All four children of the Queen now stood around her coffin, bowing their heads. Very moving scenes. Right, which is, you know, fine. And then I said, Well, yeah, like, I mean, it's nice to see four Tories stood around a dead body without one of them saying, Yeah, and she won't say shit now. Right, which I think is a dark joke it, it was too funny in my head to not say it like it's in bad taste and it's disrespectful and stuff but you know fine i think the funniness the comedic currency of it outweighs the disrespectfulness you know and it's like i said a couple of episodes ago the joke always comes first um which is a mantra that i took from uh from my good friend john left of the countryside go and give him a follow if you're curious like it was a bit hard it was a bit much but i don't know if you aren't with me during my Queen's Coffin jokes, you know, you don't deserve me in my, I don't know, f first person to drink whiskey and drop the C-bomb on Jeremy Vine moment or <laughs> wherever the fuck it is that I'm headed. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If Jeremy's listening, I'm kidding. I don't like whiskey. Uh, other shit that's happening. Charles is already in hot water. His Majesty, King Charles, already in hot water. And look, the consensus seems to be he lost his mother last Thursday, right? And it's very sad. And we all accept that. And I know I take the piss. But that's really shit, you know? And it hits people in different ways. No matter who you are or how rich and privileged you are. And it can manifest in different ways. So to some extent, I think, you know, let's cut him some slack. You know, when he, like, brushes away a pen to his aid, you know, whatever that was. This footage of him shooing this pen to his aid, basically, if you haven't seen it already. Uh, and the look he gives it, the general vibe is one of uh, nuisance and servitude, you know. And uh, I don't know, it, it, like, it doesn't look good. Like, it's September now, right? It's wasp season. Remember last weekend, nice sunny day. You're outside eating a sandwich or roast dinner out in the pub garden. Or, or you've got an ice lolly by the river with your kids. Or, and, and that little waspy fucker comes bu buzzing over to you. It, right, and he's like, oh shit, yes, food. And it's September. I'm a wasp. It's time to shine, motherfucker. Give me that lolly, right, flying over to you, around you, freaking you and your kids out. And you, you know, wave. And then you give it that look of hate and judgment, like... Oh, don't you understand? You're nothing but a pest to me, you know, shooing it. Like, this is an audio episode, right? So you can't see my face when I'm doing the impression of a human being shooing a wasp away, right? But you get the idea. Just instant annoyance. 
shooing this thing. It's a pest. And that's the vibe you get from the first Charles Penn video. And I say the first. There are now two separate Charles Penn videos. And there's a touch of cringe to his face. You know? Like, oh, this is awkward that you're making me tell you to take this thing away. You're, you're making me do this. Shoo you away. You know? It doesn't look good. And you go, you know, you watch this thing and you go, okay, look, you know, he lost his mum a few days ago. He's been traveling a lot. He's in his 70s. He's probably tired and grumpy, you know, fine. Bit rude to the staff, but fine. Besides, I mean, who would want to be king and not be able to be a bit rude to your staff? Like it kind of, it's, it's a kind of kingy thing, isn't it? Like, I love this idea that it's the 21st century, guys. You know, it's 2022. And even kings have to be considerate, respectful employers. You know, if that's you, if you say that, look, it's 2022. Even kings have to be considerate, like, do you hear yourself if you say stuff like that? Kings and princes. Like, either we're modern or we're not. <laughs> you know, if we're not, fine. But then kings get to be a bit cunty, don't they? Like, if you make me king, I'm going to be a bit cunty, I think. You know, I'm going to be like, I said two sugars. The fuck is this shit? Smash. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God. I'm so now clean it up. You know, I'll be on some King Joffrey shit. People are taking some, you know, 2022 social justice, human rights, employment rights shit and wrapping it around the fucking King of England. You know, like, yeah, his conduct would not be accepted in most blue chip board roles. Motherfucker, he's a king. <laughs> he's the king of England. I don't think like it doesn't matter what is and is not acceptable in the HR department of fucking Vodafone or whatever. He's a king. Like I bet there's I bet there's still laws where he can listen to that sort of shit, right? You know, people going, you need to be more considerate, your magic you know, he can listen to that and then go, Yeah, I'm not really feeling your tone, to be honest, and then, you know, cut her head off on the Tower Green. Or the Tower of London. I bet there's still laws that he can do that. Order someone's beheading. Your Highness? You know, he's like, did I stutter? I said, take take her fucking head off. I bet that's still in the fucking statue book somewhere. Like, that's probably still law that he can do that shit. And people will say, you know, you say that stuff, and people will go, well, yeah, but, you know, constitutionally, man, like, it would never happen. We'd never step outside of the perfectly flimsy and utterly fucking brittle constitution that we've just witnessed two successive Tory governments brainlessly vandalise. I'm sure no one would ever take advantage of an unwritten constitution, you fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway, then, so, right, there's, that's the first video. Then there's a second video. And this time he's, he's signing something, right? I have no idea what. I don't have specifics. This isn't fucking Channel 4 News. He's signing something as part of the process of becoming king or whatever, and, and the pen doesn't work, and he grumbles about it again, and he says something like, you know, bloody pen, oh, I hate this. <laughs> Which, again, like, I kind of get, you know? You're tired. You're in your 70s. 
traveling constantly, your mum's just died. And every time you sit down to try to take care of business, you've got some candid camera joker messing with your pens, apparently, you know? First, they leave this thing out in front of him, you know, in the wrong place, I guess. Now they leave him with a shit pen. <laughs> like, is someone fucking with him? Like, this will piss him off. Watch. <laughs> a team in the back. Ant and Deck or something, you know. Or did Buckingham Palace blow all their money on PR consultants and now they can't afford a fucking biro now, you know? One biro that looks all right and writes properly. That's, that's all it takes, guys. Just hive off a tiny bit of the PR budget for some fucking pens. For the king. Can the king get a working pen, please? And, and so then the guy grumbles about it. You know, he's like, oh, I hate this. And so now obviously people are like, you know, the queen wouldn't behave this way. And, you know, once is fine. Caught off guard, you know. But twice, does he have an entitlement problem? Like, yes, obviously he has an entitlement problem. He's been fed, clothed, had his ass wiped and balls washed for him his entire life. Princes and kings and shit. Believe they were anointed by God to rule. How could you not have an entitlement problem when you're basically entitled to anything? They're all entitled to anything. <laughs> like, yeah, can I fuck these traffic children? You know, hang about with a convicted fucking nonce burger, lie about it, call my accuser a liar, settle with her and never spend a day in prison. Can I do that? Sure. Sure you can. You're entitled to this. God's love anointed you to all of that. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, absolutely. God's moves in mysterious, weird, child abusery ways, clearly. So anyway, people are going a bit crazy about Charles, you know, his grumpiness. And here's my solution to this, right? If you're Camilla, if you're the queen consort, and you've known this guy for decades, since you were in your teens or 20s or whatever, you know what he's like. You know how he can be. And you know the world is watching and how important, how essential it is that he gets off to a good start on a good footing, right? Wouldn't you be like, right, I know he gets grumpy and we're tired and he doesn't want to be here and doing this, but I know we really don't want footage getting out of him being rude to his aides. And I know that's where this is headed. You know, I've known him for decades. I know where this is headed. I know, like, you know, being a bit chippy, being a bit snappy, we don't want that getting out. If you're the queen consort and you know he's getting a bit tetchy, hot and bothered, I think here's what you do, right? You take him in the stock bucket uh, cupboard and you jerk him off. That's what you do. <laughs> and a lot, a lot of people are like, I don't know about Camilla, you know, about she's divorced and then becoming queen. I mean, what would her role be? That, that's her role. Jack off the king when he's getting snappy. You know, oh, I hate this. She, she should storm in it right immediately. It's cool, everyone. I've got this. It's fine. You know, off to the stock cupboard. Pull out the hand. That's it, my liege. That's it, my king. 
my king, release your majesty into my hand. And he's like, oh, oh, oh I think I'm, I'm about to... Oh, Jesus. Comes back five minutes later. The aide's like, I'm sorry, your majesty. It appears the pen's a little bit off. He's like, it's cool. It's totally fine. Absolutely fine. You know, he's not grumpy. He looks chilled, relaxed, a bit flushed, maybe. Camilla, you've done your fucking job. That's, that is what should happen. That's how we handle this. I am available for any Buckingham Palace PR consultancy work. Anyway, evidently, she did not do that. She didn't do her job, guys. So off he went. He got a bit ratty. <laughs> and now everyone's bitching about him on Twitter about it. Because it happened twice. The first time it was like, oh, I hate this. And then the second time it's like, no, wait, hang on. The first time it was shooing, wasn't it? Shooing away the aid with the thing. And then the second time it's like, oh, I hate this. So everyone's moaning on Twitter about this and does he have an entitlement problem and so on. And so then the other thing they're upset about, I'll just quickly say hey to Robbie in the YouTube live chat joining us. What's up, Robbie? How you doing? Um, the other thing they're upset about, more upset about, and for good reason, I think, is that he's given... This is the big story of yesterday, certainly. He's given his Clarence House staff a redundancy notice. Now he's been elevated to king. He's got this promotion. He's been elevated. Now he's king. He's made redundant his staff at Clarence House. So the queen dies and he's like, well, I, I guess I'll be moving to Windsor and Buckingham Palace. I guess so obviously fuck all you lot. Like that's just, just sacking them like that is just, you know, cost of living crisis, bro. <laughs> you know, and presumably he's worked with these people for years. You know, or, or, you know, had, they've been working with him or for him or serving him, whatever the correct way of, you know, verbalizing this is for years. And now he's like, nope, don't need you anymore. Uh, I'm sure you'll find a job somewhere else. You know, I keep hearing about how there's 1.3 million jobs in the UK that need filling. I'm sure half of those will be, you know, house staff for aristocrats and princes and, and things of that nature. So off you go, be gone, fuck off, you know. <laughs> And this is, you know, this story, I'm reading it from The Guardian. And it, as you might expect, uh, the headline, pretty uh, pretty brutal. It says, King Charles's staff given redundancy notice during service for the Queen. <laughs> so they're paying their respects in the church for the Queen and they're given a redundancy notice. Fucking blinding. Whose idea was that? It's so brutal. Reminds you a bit of that um, uh, that assassination of Gianni Versace uh, thing. And this popped in, that's, that show popped in my mind last week for some reason. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast. It was in my mind to link it to something. I can't remember if I did or not. But this reminds me of it also. I don't know why it's lodged in my brain rent-free. But if you ever saw it, there's a scene in it where he's been bigging up Europe the kid who grows to end up killing Versace. Um, and 
and he's bigging up Europe. He's a, he's a fucking psychopath, this kid. And he's lying about this and lying about that. And basically, he wants to be a model or work in fashion or something. And he's bigging up Europe to his mum. And he's like, you know, I'm going to take you to Europe with me. And we're going to do this. And we're going to drink coffee in Rome. And we're going to do this. He's bigging it up. And she's obviously getting quite giddy and excited about it. And, and so then when he finally does get an opportunity to go traveling, or it seems like he's about to make it, you know, and his mum's all lit up with pride and excitement about this trip because of all of the times that he said, I'm going to take, we're going to go to Europe together. And, you know, she's all full of, like, lit up about seeing these places. And he just fucks her off entirely. Like, no, you're not coming. Like, I'm out of here, loser. Enjoy your shit pit. Like that kind of vibe. Builds her up and then just totally fucks her up. Like, imagine you're Charles's chef or chief of staff, or someone he's lived with and worked with for 20 fucking years. And the whole time you're thinking about, you know, your career and, and loyalty. And you might be thinking, you know, well, when the Queen dies, we'll all be sad, obviously. Lovely, magical woman. But then, you know, personally selfishly i hope i'm not speaking outside of the bounds of acceptable conversation but personally it could be quite exciting you know then we'll either go to windsor with charles or william will move in and we'll become his staff you know like that sort of thing you'd be forgiven for feeling that way i think like they'd have a reasonable expectation that they either move with charles as part of his entourage or they sort of you know come with the house that whoever moves in next to Clarence House gets to Clarence House staff, right? Because if that's not the deal, if the staff don't come with the house, then why does Charles need to sack him? Surely the Queen's staff would then get made redundant because she's been sort of made redundant, <laughs> lol. And, and, and so then Charles would bring his own staff with him, right? Or the staff stay in the houses and just the royal changes. Like, which is it? Am I making sense? It has to be one or the other. But anyway, so he's he's sacked them all. And it says in this article, um, it says up to 100 employees at the king's former official residence, including some who have worked there for decades. Decades. Fuck me. Um, up to 100 employees received notification that they could lose their jobs just as they were working round the clock to smooth his elevation to the throne. Fuck me. Like that mother in the Versace thing, you know, isn't it? Dusting off their gowns and shoes, you know, getting ready for the big time. We'll probably be moving to Buckingham Palace in two weeks. Oh, it's very exciting. I mean, it's, it's a very sad time, but it's also very exciting, you know. Getting their gowns on, bragging to their friend, and then it's like, no, I mean... I'm going to Buckingham Palace. I am. But you lot, I mean, you know, gestures to his aid with that awkward, pesty gesture again. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> this is awkward that you're making me tell you to take these people away and toss them on a the fire. You know, Camilla walks in again, like, stop the cameras, put the cameras down. I've got this. Rolls up her sleeve. Like, who's, who's advising him at this stage? How many years have they had to plan this? And they didn't foresee how fucking bad it would look for a freshly anointed king to sack off his staff as soon as he hits the big time. 
no one thought to take him aside and go like, uh, your majesty, now, like, whatever you do, while the cameras are on, you must appear gracious, calm, centered, and somber. You know, no one thought ahead of time to test that the pens were working. Like, you expect a PR fuck-up and a U-turn from Centre Parks. Like, their PR team is probably a you know, exhausted middle manager called Dave who left Fleet Street for a cushy role in their head office in Exeter or something. You know, where, where house prices are cheaper. Life moves a bit slower. And all he has to do is, you know, post deals to Twitter and check in with an advertising agency twice a year. Like, th did Centre Parks have a plan for when the Queen dies? Probably not. So their fuckery and U-turn is kind of forgivable. But for Buckingham Palace's PR guys, of which there are no doubt hundreds, all like top-tier salaries, people that get paid, bucked out, with years of planning for this sort of thing, and access to focus groups, and data, and modelling different scenarios, role-play sessions with the heir to the throne, practice runs, a direct line into every major newspaper's editorial team. <laughs> For Buckingham Palace's PR guys to be like, okay, what's the plan? Oh, well, uh, Charles will uh, go see the coffin. Uh, they'll do a couple of appearances and uh, sign some documents. Okay, okay. And uh, then we'll lay off his staff with minimal notice in the middle of the church service uh, for the Queen after they've worked 24-7 to ensure a smooth transition to the throne. And then he'll punch each one of them in the fucking face. It'll just be like this awkward pause, like... Ah... Uh, uh, what? What? Is, is that not okay? Um, no. No, no, it sounds fine. Absolutely no way that could play out badly. Uh, <laughs> that sounds perfect. No way that that could tap into the idea that royals are detached and just fucking entitled pieces of shit. An idea that the Queen worked so hard to extinguish. <laughs> I'm sure sacking a hundred staff in a cost of living crisis with barely any notice after they worked their fucking asses off for him. I'm sure that'll be a, a nice, glossy, cuddly piece of coverage. Exactly what we're looking for. I don't know. Lastly, uh depending on how long I fucking rant about this. Um, lots of talk about Andrew this week. Um, fuck me. I mean, this podcast, like, normally I rant about dystopia and, and you know, politics and a, a bit about, you know, being a dad here and there. This is the most royal commentary I've ever done. Am I turning into a sort of, you know, 63-year-old woman obsessed with the royals, you know? I don't know. Hopefully, they will change the news cycle soon. I'll have something else to talk to you about. Um, anyway, Andrew, there's lots lots of talk about him, you know, strategizing a return to royal life proper, right? And we all know the background to this, right? We all recall he was stripped of titles and privileges, I think, in 2021. And that was in the wake of the New York civil case. Uh where Virginia Dufre accused him of having sex with her twice illegally, right? Um, I think it was once in New York and once in London. And maybe, was one of them on an island? I can't remember now. Definitely in London, though. And the idea was, although she was 17, which is above the age of consent here, uh, the idea is that he knew that she was trafficked. 
And then when it happened again, it wasn't over the age of consent. Is that right? Because they'd moved territories or something. And she was a minor in America or something. I, I, I don't know the specifics. Um, but basically that he knew that she'd been flown around to have sex with him or whatever. And so, look, some of this may not be 100% accurate. My memory's kind of sketchy. And I've been up since 4am with the little one. Uh, God, kids are fucking annoying sometimes. Um, the other day was 2am. Now today was 4am. Just, ugh. This is why I think, slight, slight tangent, this is why I think for all their faults, child traffickers actually deserve some respect, guys. Because if you can, <laughs> if you can sit there listening to, placating and appeasing a child, literally the most annoying creatures in the world, sometimes, you know, not all the time, but especially if it's not your child. <laughs> if you can handle the company of a kid without throwing it through your fucking patio doors... My God, you must have the patience of a saint. It is all I'm saying. <laughs> people, people like Epstein must have had the patience of a saint. You can quote me on that. Epstein was basically a saint. What? No, no, that's not right. Um, anyway, so Andrew was stripped of his shit. And, and since then, he's had his daughter's appeal to Charles. There was something in the paper about that last week. Um, appeal to Charles to, to say, look, look, please can our dad be working again for the firm if you like right like come on we want our dad to be doing something right and to be fair charles was like uh no 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 <laughs> just just curtain down basically which is interesting because now you know it's the queen's memorial it's this sort of mourning -y period and we're starting to see andrew though not in military you know official garms but he is being included in processions. And, like, why is he out in front of cameras and shit? You know, like, like you don't want to go to jail? Fine. You pay your $12 million settlement, right? Get your mum to contribute to the bill. Sully your now dead mum's name with our tax money. It's insulting and outdated and callous and stupid. But if you really don't want to fly to New York to clear your name, and you really don't want to go to jail, pull the various levers that are open to you and, and drop those dollar bills on Jufre and walk free. Fine. But now just take what's left of your money and fuck off somewhere else. Go quietly. Go live on an island in exile. Maybe somewhere in the Philippines might work for you. Like, why do we have to have this slowly, slowly creep your way back in hoodwink fucking nonsense? You know? Where they're like, oh, if we just... If we just divert everyone's attention over here to Harry and Meghan, you know, it's like that, isn't it? Like yesterday, she was a spy, by the way. Did you see that? Yesterday, there was legit, like a biographer, a royal biographer retweeting nutty conspiracy theories that Meghan is a spy. Because they saw a photo. <laughs> I guess... It's kind of tragic. It's like a spy hiding a secret recording device under her top was the allegation on Twitter. Well, did they allege it? I don't know. Or did they ask the question? You know, the lawyery, like, is she a spy? Which was fucking hilarious. Like, because the little bump or button under the top was quite clearly the adjustment clip on a bra. That's all it was. 
So it's almost like, you know, whoever the guy was that started that story, it must have been like, oh my God, look, what is that under her top there? His mate would be like, huh? What? Which bit? Under her top. Like, you know, by by her shoulder blade. You know, it's like it's like a little bump. I bet oh, do you know what? I bet it's a recording device. I bet she's a spy. Like his mate's like, Dave, that is um that's that is a bra, Dave. He's like, Oh. Like, haven't haven't you ever had a girlfriend? It's just like awkward pause. His mate said, like, oh, oh, Dave, man, you are just a bookshelf full of sad stories, aren't you? Oh, this is tragic. You know, like... So, yeah, I think maybe they're using this as, as testing ground. You know, distract with Harry and Meghan, gently squeeze Andrew back into public life. Uh, and to be honest, look, we're probably already at the point now where more of the royalist press readers would rather have him back, Prince Andrew, than Meghan. Like that's, I think we're probably at that point now. They've done such a precision, laser-focused job demonising this poor woman that now people are refusing to shake hands with her in the crowd. People really hate her for no reason. For literally no reason other than cretins like Dan Wooten and Piers Morgan have told them to, you know? People are, who are like, Oh God, it's always about her, isn't it? You know, that's the that's the go-to catchphrase that they wheel out now. Well, it's always gotta be about her. Meanwhile, people with brains are like, well, it it is always about her with you because you can't seem to stop fucking banging on about her. Like, <laughs> like here's this person who you say annoys you, but you can't stop bringing her back into the conversation. And then you complain that it's all always about her. You're like a mate in the pub, you know, where we're all talking about football. And then you, you enter the conversation like, oh, I tell you what, it's always about Amy, though, isn't it? I don't like her. It's always about her, isn't it? It's like, what the fuck? We were talking about Spurs, you bellend. Right, but it's always about fucking Amy. I fucking hate that bit. Your mates would be like, look, can we go somewhere else? Because this guy is super annoying. Do you think Piers Morgan has any friends? <laughs> or Dan Wooten? Do you think they actually have friends? I think they'd be too annoying to hang out with, you know? Or, like, if you did hang out with them, it'd be too fun to just fuck with them, wouldn't it? Like, you know, change your number in Piers Morgan's phone to, say, Megan, and then, you know, one of you phones him at the dinner table and it says Megan ringing, you know, on his phone. Film him as his face drops and he picks it up like, hello? And then one of you puts on a comedic American girl voice. <laughs> like, hey, Pierce, uh, sorry, I, I didn't want to fuck you in 2016. But uh, now that you've gone all weird and incelly and obsessive -y and you're like, oh, my God, I am slipping off the bar stool for you. I cannot keep it dry down there right now. You know, just fuck with him. I don't know. Anyway, as I said on TikTok the other day, um, you know, we're seeing protesters. Uh, at the moment against the monarchy, aren't we? Both, you know, protesting the monarchy itself, like, you know, actual Republicans, not my king and all that. And then more specifically, people shouting at Prince Andrew, you know, calling him a sick old man in the crowd and getting not just removed and silenced, but then charged 
under the Crime and Sentencing Act, which is just nutty. You know, the idea that we could live in a United Kingdom where the PM stands there like we must protect our freedoms and our democracy. And, you know, and then a few days later, you can get dragged away and charged for protesting is basically fucking parodic, like so obviously hypocritical. And I don't want to like, you know, muddy the topics or get too serious on what is, I hope, mostly a satirical podcast. But, you know, we play into Russia's hands perfectly when we do this stuff. You know, when we appraise countries like Russia for their, their authoritarianism, for jailing protesters, for carting them off from Moscow Square or wherever into, you know, into a, a blacked out van and charged for shit. And we say, look, that's not democracy. That's a dictatorship, which of course it is, you know, but, and then we do this shit. It just leaves us completely exposed. It leaves us no recourse for when they come back and they say, well, you say we're this, you say we're a dictatorship and we're author authoritarian and fascist, but then look, see, you're just as bad. You're doing it too, you know? And then we look ridiculous on the world stage. So yeah, now we have Prince Andrew, friend to a convicted paedophile who had to settle out of court to stop being fully sued for sexual battery and sexual assault, I think it was. Don't quote me on the exact allegations, but his name is Mudd, right? And and he's been permitted by Buckingham Palace to join the procession. Uh, presumably again, you know, they're like, yeah, we've practiced and thought this through from a PR perspective and uh, with our million dollar PR departments and focus groups and so on, we think this is a good move. <laughs> and then, you know, when the absolute inevitability happens, and some kid calls him a sick old man. Like, not even any swearing. Just a sick old man. Instead of taking it on the chin. Instead of Buckingham Palace PR going, Ah, fuck. We fucked up. We should have seen what was obviously going to happen. <laughs> and then, you know, taking measures. Instead of all that, the media were going, Hang on a second. Why? Like, why? Why is a protester being charged? <laughs> why? He's just said so. He's just shouted so. He's, he's allowed to do that, isn't he? Or is that against the law now? And basically, instead of all of that succession of stuff, like the the uh, the measures that they could have taken, and people asking why a prince is being readmitted into you know public view in front of the cameras, instead of all that, now we're getting protesters charged, and that's become the story. And so it's become this sort of double fuck up by Buckingham Palace because like what's what's that called um the Streisand effect isn't it uh where she tried to Barbara Streisand tried to sue someone to stop them publishing pictures of her Hollywood home but then the attention that it got her trying to sue someone meant that like it it was blown up it was over promoted and everyone went out and bought the pictures or the magazine that had the pictures in it I think so it's like shooting yourself in the ass you know don't don't publish those pictures or I'll sue. And then everyone's like, whoa, shit, somebody took some pictures of her house. Like, you know. So what would have been a non-event in this instance, you know, maybe covered by The Guardian or The Independent and tweeted a little bit, you know. Protester calls Andrew sick old man, then leaves quietly and rejoins Stranger Things watch party on Facebook. You know, that's that's all it would have been. It's just a little story. Instead of that, now it's a huge story about republicanism, protest, freedom of speech, the protest bill itself, which is now law, about censorship, it's about sexual assault, establishment protectionism, one-rulism, it's just 
ballooned into this, you know? And it's not just people on the left who are talking about this, by the way. Like, I would class Andrew Marr broadly. I don't think he's ever defined his exact political leanings, but I would class him as centre-right. Andrew Marr, agree or disagree with me, fine. But he even did a monologue about this last night, I think, where he was like, I mean, I'm, I probably won't get this exactly right, but most of the words I think are correct. He said it's outrageous that someone could now be charged after having voiced their opinion about something, charging people for a heckle. He was like, actually, what this will do is present an awkward question. It will, it will make people answer the question. If I have to choose between having a king and having free speech, I suspect a lot of people will choose free speech. Free speech thanks. That was pretty much word for word what he said. And I think he's right, you know? People like having a royal family. I like having a royal family. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like, I don't want to see the royal family completely removed. I think they serve a purpose, you know? I do look at them like a sort of, you know, an American looks at police departments. You know, I don't want to get rid of the police completely. I just want to defund them. It's the same thing with the royals. I don't want to get rid of the royal family completely. We kind of should have a royal family for British identity and tradition purposes. You know, half for tourism and identity. But half to give, actually, you know, 50% of the other countries something to distract themselves with. Um, we should just defund them. We should just wind it down a little bit. Defund the royals was what I said on the TikTok the other day. You know? But just to come back on that point, I think they do serve a purpose. You know, tourism and identity, cool. 50% of the country, though, need to be distracted from from how futile and depressing the reality of their lives actually are, you know? In the same way that gossip has always existed. You know, they need that. You know, as you get older, you have fewer friends than you did. And gossip arises less and less. And so that's why people start watching soaps. Because it replicates that, you know, product, if you like. It offers you tribal scandal, you know? tribal news not in the political sense of I, I mean like you know in any soap opera there's probably going to be about 20 to 30 people characters it gives you their interactions and dynamics and scandals and their updates you know it's stuff like gina at number 12 is sleeping with gary even though gary's engaged to his gardener or what you know it's titillating it's gossip and the royals aren't a soap opera but I think for a lot of people, it offers them a similar product suite, you know? Judgment from afar, you know? Oh, I don't like her, and... Oh, well, he's always been jealous of him, hasn't he? Like, it's that sort of shit for a lot of people. And I think that's important for a lot of people. You can't underestimate it. They need that sort of weird entertainment that's set in a real-life institution product. Because a lot of people are annoying as fuck and simply lack the cognitive ability to contribute to society in any discernible way. You know, they're basically fucking morons. And no, <laughs> I know I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that to their faces, obviously. I'm not a monster, you know. But, but you know, don't you, dear Lister? You know because you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> and so I know you're not an idiot. But most people are, you know. If you're listening to this podcast on a train or in a car, you know, do me a favor. Look at the person nearest to you 
that's just a member of the public. Just look at them. Just subtly turn your head just to the right or the left. Look at the nearest person to you that's just a member of the public that you don't know. Seriously, look at them. And then ask yourself this question. Does this person look like someone I would entrust with cutlery? Do they? <laughs> Guys, that's it. Uh, quick shout out to the Patreons. Thank you so, so much for continuing to support this podcast. And indeed the cult that we are all growing together. The Binfluencer cult. A quick shout out to you guys. Uh, thanks very much to Alex, to Chris D, to Chris P, to Rax, to Ricardo, to Silent, to T-Rex, uh, to Oliver, to Sarah, Paul and Kerry. Uh, thank you so much for uh, continuing to support the podcast. It means the world to me and it helps to continue the podcast to grow. Um, if you're not in a position to support the podcast on Patreon, um, all I ask is that, you know what, if you've enjoyed two or three episodes, maybe consider copying the link to one of them and sharing it off, you know, to one of your friends. Just copy the link, pop it in WhatsApp or Signal or an email or whatever, and just send it to your mate and just go, hey, I've been listening to this podcast. This guy just talks shit about the Royals and Tories. I think maybe Maybe you might like it. Also, he swears quite a bit. So if you don't like swearing, uh, maybe it's not for you. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it is. Um, there are three tiers on Patreon, just quickly. Uh, there's a £3 tier, which is just really a doff of the cap. It's enough to buy me a coffee uh, once a month and say, cheers for the podcast aid. Really enjoying it. There's a £5 a month tier, which gets you into the uh, Binfluencer cult, where we're having our first... Uh, meet up on Thursday, the 27th of October. Very exciting. It's only six weeks away. Uh, we're going to meet up in Brick Lane, talk shit about Tories. Um, that's really cool. And I'm really psyched to be to be meeting on you, uh, meeting all of you. Um, and then uh, finally, there's a third tier, which is £10 a month, which you really can ignore. But I have added some uh, some other bits to it, uh, which means that not only will you get invited to the uh, like meetups, uh, meet up piss up type thing um, and get early access to the podcast which also you get in the other two tiers um, but also you get a monthly one-to-one -one beer with me where we can talk shit about Tories or we can catch up on the news and you can ask me my thoughts on anything you like um, and that's a little sort of one-to-one -one added bonus purely for the £10 a month Patreons of which there is one currently so uh if anyone wants to take me up on that uh that's that's what you get with the 10 pound a month tier but as i say nobody really needs to look at that tier it is kind of a little bit silly that it's there but you have to do three tiers on patreon so i i did a 10 pound one so that's what that is um i'm going to be back on friday night don't think there's going to be a guest this week but i am super psyched i've got femi coming on uh, a week on friday uh, for the Friday night guest show. So that's really cool. We're going to talk about the state of UK politics, about division, about where we see things headed in the next two to five years. Is there any hope for us or are things just, you know, spiraling, circling the drain at this point? Um, and then coming up in the next few weeks, I've got uh, I've got a, a very highly regarded and well-known uh, doctor who does uh, a lot of campaigning for the NHS. Um, and also coming up, I've got a professor of immunology. So all of these guests are being lined up at the moment. I'm doing a lot of admin uh, for the podcast. I'm really psyched to be bringing some of the more um, sort of updated guested shows to you. I know I've been a bit lack, uh, slack on that. Um, I've done loads of solo shows recently. Hopefully they've been enjoyable to you. It's given me a chance to kind of rant and get things off my chest. And I also feel like they're a bit more piss-takey, aren't they? The solo shows. I have a lot more fun, like cracking jokes in them. 
Whereas, I don't know, maybe there's something like psychological when I get a guest on because they're invariably, you know, academics or, you know, in Femi's case, a lawyer or, you know, and so then I feel like, oh, shit, got to be serious. Got to be really serious now. Um, so the comedic stuff tends to take a back seat, but hopefully I'll be able to get some jokes out with Femi. So um, anyway, that's coming up a week on, on Friday. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, do say hello on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on all of them at Aid Thompson. That's A-I-D at the beginning, Aid Thompson with an I-N on the end. Um, I'll be back uh, Friday night, as I say, with another solo show, and I'll catch up with you all then. Cheerio. Bye for now. Thanks for Just a Thought and Robbie in the chat. Catch up with you soon. Bye-bye.